Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Seema here with you. Monday night, live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. It can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. Thank you so much for tuning in here with me tonight, Monday, October 24th. Our bitter rival, the New England Patriots, get set to take on the best team in the NFL, the Chicago Bears. That ought to be a barn burner. Mac Jones back in action. Man, super upset we're doing the show and missing that one, gang. Holy moly. Good to have you in Monday night, Smoke Break, Buffalo Fanatics. You know the drill. Fresh off the bye week are the Buffalo Bills. And man, oh man, is that not the worst, absolute worst week of the fall? No Bills football, man. It is just dreadful. I don't know what you guys had going on. Maybe your significant other. This is the week, and I I was talking to the boys uh, in the group chat, the Buffalo Fanatics group chat. And Rev was kind of like, man, you know, does nobody watch any Bills stuff during the uh, bye week? It seems like it's a little uh, less active than usual. I said, dude, this is, this is the time right now in upstate New York. This is the weekend I like to call. You know what, honey? Fine. We can go to the pumpkin patch. That's the weekend. That is this weekend in upstate New York. So I hope you got it out of your system. I hope you took your significant other to the pumpkin patch. I hope you took the kids to get their Halloween costume. I hope you carved your pumpkins because it's over. It's done. The bye week is behind us, and it is tunnel vision the rest of the way here all the way to February. So here we stand. The Bills go into this bye week, of course, 5-1 and one off that massive victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. And you go into the bye week, and I, you know, there's different ways you can look at the bye week, in my opinion. Let's look at it from the Bills' perspective. And I told you guys this last week. Could not have come at a better time for, for a few different reasons. One, the way that they started the season as far as the schedule is concerned, it was a gauntlet. 
We've talked about this at nauseum. You look at the second half of the season on paper and you compare it to the first half of the season. It is a much easier road for the Buffalo Bills after this bye week. You looked at who they played before the bye week and it was a gauntlet. I don't need to repeat to you, obviously, who we've played, but you know who we've played and you know the caliber of those teams or at least (laughs) the caliber in which we thought they might have been. And we're going to touch on what I mean by that in a second here. But this week couldn't have come at a better time because, of course, you go into it off the momentum from that Kansas City Chiefs when you're 5-1 and one with your only loss being against the Miami Dolphins when you were at your lowest as far as injuries are concerned. And then, you know, you look at it from the fan perspective, the outside perspective. And I think that there's a lot to take from the bye week here as well. It sucks, of course, you can't watch Bills football, but the one thing that's good about the bye week from the fan perspective is that you finally get an opportunity to watch a full Sunday slate of football and understand what is going on around the league outside of Buffalo. Because if you're like me, when the Bills game is on, you know, for instance, a one o'clock game like the Miami game was, let's take that for example. Yeah, you have, if you're like me, you have multiple TVs in the room, you have to. Because you got to keep track of the other stuff while, while you can out of the corner of your eye, right? You got to keep track of your fantasy, your bets. You got to keep track of everything. So you got the red zone on in the corner. But what, what is, how much attention are you paying to that? If the Bills game is 100%, you might knock off, what, 4 or 5% dedicated to the red zone on a quick glance here or there. You're not really paying attention. So the only time you're really locked in on watching another team outside of Buffalo is when the Bills aren't playing whether that be a night like tonight, you know, Monday night football, Thursday night football, um, or the four o'clock games if the Bills are on at one o'clock. But the nice thing about the bye week is you get the full slate. So you can really get an opportunity to sit back without any stress. Not that the Bills have given us much, of course. But you can sit back, not having to worry about the Bills game, and simply watch what's going on around the league. And that's exactly what I did yesterday. Now, maybe... You took, you, took, uh, you took what I said earlier uh, to heart. Maybe you did go to the pumpkin patch with the fam. Maybe uh, what's the new thing now? The, the, the new frozen apple cider drinks I keep seeing on everybody's Instagram. It's like, hey, we get it. We get it. You know, you, you, you enjoyed it. If I got to see one more frozen apple cider on my Instagram, I'm going to lose it. I'm this close to deleting Instagram. The fall and Instagram, it, it, is, it is brutal. It's just, it's like seeing the same exact post every single time you scroll, except it's just from a different person as you go. Oh, yep. They're at, they're at the pumpkin patch up. Yep. They're drinking uh, frozen apple cider, hard apple cider. I'm watching football. Sorry. So I sat back yesterday. I took advantage of this bye week. I watched the full gamut from the initial kick at one o'clock all the way to that God-awful, God-forsaken Miami Dolphins game to end off the night last night. Seven hours of commercial fo- uh, commercial-free football with my man Scott Hansen. I, I sat and watched every single second of it. And I took away two things. Two very distinct things stood out to me yesterday as I watched the rest of the NFL battle it out while the Bills were at home on a much-deserved bye. Let's talk about the one thing I think is the most obvious. If the Bills aren't going to win it all this year, then when are they? 
If the Bills aren't going to win the Super Bowl in 2022, you let me know when they're going to do it. It could not be mapping out more perfectly for the Buffalo Bills this season. I mean, let's go through it. I think that this is the way I wanted to kick this show off. I wanted to take some time to touch on everything going on outside of the Buffalo Bills organization. Because believe it or not, contrary to what people might tell you, that stuff matters. Of course, yes, the Bills are the best team in the league. They can beat anybody on any given Sunday by 100. 100%. But there's still 31 other teams out there trying to achieve the ultimate goal. There's value in taking in what other teams do and seeing what could potentially be the roadblock for Buffalo along the way. So I sit back and I watch yesterday a full day's worth of NFL football. Where's the roadblock? We know that there's one roadblock in particular that will always be there until we're proven otherwise. The Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. Outside of that, let me know. And you sit back and watch yesterday, and sure enough, you're proven exactly that. The Kansas City Chiefs roll dominate, embarrass the newly uh, led San Francisco 49ers by Christian McCaffrey. Embarrass the San Francisco 49ers. And you watch every other game and you say to yourself, what is this? And then it hit me. What's bringing you, what's bringing you to the table right now when it comes to the NFL? What's bringing you to the screen? Put your Bills fanhood aside for a second. Say you're just, you're a football fan. And there's people out there like this. I don't know how. I could not imagine loving football and not having a team. That to me is, I, I, I cannot even process it. But if, if, if you can with me, suspend belief for a second here and run with me. You're not a fan of the Bills. You're not a fan of any team in particular. But you love football. What in the hell is bringing you to the screen in 2022 to watch these games? Two answers. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the list ends there. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City, they are single-handedly holding the NFL up on its back at this current moment in time. This is some of the worst football I have ever seen by a wide margin. And it's not just here and there. It's damn near every single game. I'm sure you saw by now the soundbite from Tom Brady last week or two weeks ago saying, I'm seeing a lot of bad football. He didn't know how right he was, let alone his own team. It is egregiously bad. And you watch the Bills take on Kansas City last week, and this is why I told you. I don't walk away from that game feeling one way or the other about either team. I don't look at that game and say, man, the Bills are the surefire best team in the AFC. They've dethroned Kansas City. And I don't look at Kansas City and say, man, better luck next year. It's just you're not on par. It's those two teams. Any given Sunday, you line those two teams up 100 times, it's going to be like a spin of the roulette wheel because that's how good they are. Not to discredit either side. It's just that's how good they are. You look around the rest of the league, you can't say that about a single other team. Maybe Cincinnati, but we've seen their flaws. They're very inconsistent. They looked incredible yesterday. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase yesterday, they looked like 
last year, right? They looked like the Cincinnati Bengals team that got to the Super Bowl. But how consistent is that? Because we've seen several weeks this year where that has not shown up. You can say whatever you want about the Buffalo Bills. The one thing you can't say is that they're inconsistent. You could have said that last year. You, you easily could have argued that last year. That, to me, perhaps, is one of the biggest improvements of this Buffalo Bills team from last year to this year. It's the consistency. Every week, Josh Allen is balling out. Even in the game when they lost to Miami, he played an incredible game. Not to the standard in which maybe we're used to, but to the standard of the rest of the league, Josh Allen gave that team a chance to win on numerous occasions. They shot themselves in the foot too many times, not to mention six starters on the defensive side of the ball were out and it came down to the last play. It came down to the last play. These, these Buffalo Bills currently, every week, give you dynamic lights-out offense and a defense that right now undisputed best in the league. The argument was, hey, maybe it's, maybe it's San Francisco. Did you watch the game yesterday? I tweeted this out. I said, I, am, I do not want to see an argument the rest of the year where, can't, where, where San Francisco is lumped into the argument with the Bills for the best defense in the league. Because in consecutive weeks, the Bills and the, and the – I keep saying Kansas City. Why am I doing that? Because they played them. In consecutive weeks, the Bills and the 49ers played the Kansas City Chiefs, supposedly the two best defenses in the league. One proved that. The other got embarrassed. Not to mention, on the other side of things, the San Francisco 49ers offense doesn't sniff what the Bills have currently. And right now, you look at the NFC in San Francisco, you think to yourself, maybe they're the biggest contender coming out of the NFC when it comes to the Super Bowl. If you looked at the standings right now, they're not even in the playoffs. And they're supposed to have the best defense in the league. I thought it was up there. You watch yesterday, they got embarrassed. And I saw arguments to the contrary. You can make those. There were two third and 20 plays yesterday that San Francisco allowed to Mahomes, ultimately wound up being the game. Massive chunk plays left, right, and center all game long. And they allowed the most points in the league yesterday to the Kansas City Chiefs, 44. And that's supposed to be the best defense in the league? I understand having an off game. That's, not, that's more than an off game. And then the other excuse. Oh, they're banged up on defense. Oh, save me, save me that, okay? And the Bills weren't, and the Bills aren't. You saw what elite defense looks like in Kansas City a week ago on the Buffalo Bills side of things. It, it, it's as good as it gets. And that's why I've been preaching on this show week in and week out. The difference maker on this 2022 Buffalo Bills team Yes, Josh Allen's the easy answer. It's the low-hanging fruit. The difference maker, the X factor, is the defense. No other team has both. No other team has that dynamic duo of elite offense and elite defense. And not only do you see it on the stat sheet, but you see it with the eye test. Stats can lie sometimes. The eyes don't. You saw it on display within one week of each other. Within one week, the same team, Hell, San Francisco was at home to make it even more, to make it even worse. 44 points allowed. So you look around the league yesterday and you, you're, you're just looking, you're thinking to yourself, man, what, what, what is it? What's going to be in the Bills way here? Who compares? Where's the competition? I mean, where, where's the talent? 
What is bringing you to a television right now in 2022 to watch the NFL outside of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Now, if you're like me, and I'm sure a lot of you are, if there's a, if there's a pigskin in a 100-yard football field, your eyes are going to watch it. I don't care if it's me, Rico, and Rev out there playing against uh, my, my, my high school team. You'll watch it. I'll watch it. It's football. But the name of the game in the NFL has always been the consistency of, of quality football from a numerous amount of teams, and then, of course, the parity. There's parity this year, but not because teams are, are off the charts good. There's parity because the mediocre level has risen beyond what we could have imagined. That's why there's so many teams right now that are on the cusp of the playoffs or in the playoffs that you would never have fathomed would have touched a playoff berth just a season ago. Look at congrats to Brian Dable and the New York Giants, right? For a perfect example. Congrats to them. Brian Dable, undisputed coach of the year. He's getting it done. He's getting it done. At the end of the day, when the clock strikes zero, if you won the game, that's all that matters. Right? You look at the way they're winning, it couldn't be uglier, and there's no way it's sustainable. Every single game they've won has been late in the fourth quarter. They have either been down in a game or super close in the fourth quarter to their opponent every single week. Perhaps the luckiest team I have ever seen. Their fellow New Jersey partner in the New York Jets, the same thing. The ugliest football I have ever seen. I watched the majority of every snap of that New York Giants or that New York Jets and Denver Broncos game yesterday. I have seen better football at a flag football game from my six-year-old cousin than I saw on display in that game. And somebody tweeted at me yesterday. They go, what are your thoughts on the Jets? Are they any good? I said, hey, they're good enough. I said, they're good enough. And in, and in 2022, I, I told him, I said, in 2022, good enough's all, all, all it takes. If, if your jersey doesn't read Kansas City or Buffalo, good enough is all it's going to take unless you play either of those opponents. Well, what about Philly? I don't know about Philly yet. Philly was on the bye this past week. I'd love to see them play a team at the caliber in which the Bills and the Chiefs are. The unfortunate reality is they're not going to. Have you seen their schedule? Philly has a legitimate chance to run the table if they're determined to do it. Their schedule is a cakewalk, and they're a damn good team. Not to discredit them. Not to discredit them. But you're looking at what the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. Not only are they doing it week in and week out, but they're doing it against elite opponents, so you thought. I mean, yesterday, going into that game, yeah, San Francisco, statistically, that's one of the best defenses all around when it comes to any, any metric, and they rolled them. And then the Bills go into Kansas City. They get the job done there. They're down 20-3 to at half against Baltimore. They get the job done there. Tennessee currently, they're in a playoff position right now. The Bills embarrass them. I mean, flat out, what did Mike Brable say after the game? I, I, I forget what he even said. I think that's what he said in, 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 in different terms. So I'm thinking to myself, I go, what? I go, there's two things I take away from it. One how the hell do the Bills not win it all this year? They have done everything right to build their team up into being a Super Bowl caliber team. And it just so happens that that is, that is perfectly aligning with the NFL at this moment in time being perhaps the worst I've seen in a long time. I mean, it, the stars are aligning in a way that we couldn't have dreamt. The AFC was supposed to be a juggernaut, a gauntlet this year. It's anything but. The teams that we thought were going to be unstoppable or close to it, really tough outs, they, it's not even that they're a tough out. It's, it, it's not even 
worth watching. Denver Broncos, like I was just talking about, a perfect example. Who cares if Russell Wilson was out yesterday? He's been terrible. Rippin played just as well as he did yesterday. You think the, the Broncos win that game yesterday if Russell Wilson's in? I doubt it. Maybe. Maybe they would have gotten, maybe they would have scored another field goal or two, and may, that would have made the difference since the Jets couldn't score either. But it wouldn't have been mind blowingly different. Las Vegas Raiders thought they were going to be a hell of a team this year. Far from it. Yesterday was their second win of the year. It was against Davis Mills, who I think right now looks pretty decent compared to the rest of the quarterbacks in the AFC. But nonetheless, a terrible Houston Texans team. That was their second win of the year. So you run down the list here and you're like, well, what's it going to be? Because we know it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City as far as the top of it, right? But there's still got to be five five other slots to fill in for the playoffs. And the Bills are going to have to play one of these teams. You look at the current AFC standings today. And I, I, I compare them to Buffalo. That's how I look at things, right? I look at the AFC standings and how do they shape up against the Bills. So right now, it's where, it's, it's where everyone would expect it to be. The Bills at one, KC at two. It's exactly what it should be. That's exactly accurate. The numbers right there reflect the play on the field perfectly. And then after that, who cares? Let's go through it. At number three right now, you have the Tennessee Titans. That would be the third seed currently. The third seed, the Tennessee Titans. The same Tennessee Titans team the Bills beat 41-7 to in a game that was over five minutes into it. They killed him. And if you, think if, they, if you think if they saw them again, it wouldn't be something similar. What did Tennessee have to offer in that game to show you that they would even stand a chance in a rematch against the Bills? Nothing. Outside of that, the record that has gotten them to the third seed is two victories over an Indianapolis Colts team who just benched Matt Ryan today. Benched Matt Ryan. He's thrown nine interceptions before the halfway mark of the season. Benched. That's two of their wins. Their other two wins, one against the Washington Commanders, congrats, and they beat the Giants by one, which just so happened to be the Giants' only loss of the season. Which is fitting because when you think of the Tennessee Titans and you think of the New York Giants, two very similar teams. Two quarterbacks that are 100% reliant on their run game. If the run game isn't there, they're going to lose. And they win ugly and they win close. That game, perfect reflection of what you're going to get from both of those teams. Tennessee just a bit more seasoned. They're better coached, perhaps, because Mike Vrabel's been there forever. Not to say he's a better coach than Brian Dable, but there's a big difference between being a rookie head coach and being Mike Vrabel, who's been with the Titans as long as he has. But Tennessee's a very similar team, in my opinion, to the New York Giants, and that's why they won by one point in that game. So that's what's gotten Tennessee to the the three seed. Let's look at the fourth seed, Baltimore Ravens. Now, you want to think to yourself, right? You want to think Baltimore is a wagon, right? You want to think Baltimore is a damn good team. Because when you think about it, they should be. You got Lamar Jackson. You you got John Harbaugh. You got a team that's fully healthy compared to where you were last year. And when you are in that situation, like they have been when they're healthy, they've been dominant. This Baltimore team cannot close a game out. It's almost like they're cursed. Every single game this season, 
since week two outside of the Patriots game where they only led 31 to 26 late in the fourth quarter. Outside of that game, every single game they've played, they've either blown it and lost or let the opponent back in and won narrowly every single time, including the Bills. They were rolling the Bills in the first half. Subsequently, the second half, the complete opposite, they lose the game. They've done that every week. They did it to Miami. They did it to the Giants, the Bills. You trust Baltimore in the playoffs to win a big game the way they've been playing? Not a chance. And the way that Leslie Frazier has defended Lamar Jackson the last several times they've played him, I take the Bills 10 out of 10 times in that matchup. 100%. Let's go to the fifth seed. My God, do my eyes deceive me? The New Jersey Jets. They can't score. This New Jersey Jets team might as well be playing with leather helmets in 1935. It is some of the worst football I have ever seen. How they are winning games is absolutely hilariously mind-blowing. But good, good for Robert Sala and that team. I got I to tip my cap. They drafted incredibly well. We all know this. I think they had the best draft by far last year. Robert Sala, a defensive mind, great job with the defensive unit in San Francisco that got them to a Super Bowl, and they would have won it had Jimmy G been able to hit a wide-open pass uh, down the field, get in the end zone, and hold on to the lead they had the entire game. Robert Sala, we knew it could, it could happen at some point based on what he had done with that defense in San Francisco and the assets that they currently have in New York to be able to utilize that on the defensive end. They've done just that. Sauce Gardner, incredible. He's already making a name for himself as perhaps the best corner in the league right now. Incredible stuff. That defense is a wagon, for sure. That defense is something you cannot overlook 100%. But a defense in 2022 can only get you so far. If the Bills had the defense they had today with the offense of the Jets, they'd be lucky right now if they were 3-2 and two going into that by max. And with the schedule they played, I doubt it'd be even that good. This, this Jets team, how they are finding ways to win that, these games is absolutely extraordinary to me. And things get a lot worse for the Jets. A lot worse as it stands today. Yes, they're, they're the fifth seed right now. I got a lot of buddies who are Jets fans. They're stoked. And hey, I'm not going to knock them for it. We know what this is like. The Jets haven't made the playoffs since what, 2010? We know what this is like. I'm not going to sit here and knock Jets fans. It sucks. Being mediocre or bad blows, not making the playoffs blows, not even being remotely competitive absolutely sucks. And we know what it's like to have this false success. The Bills had it with Tyrod. When you've been deprived of success and, and you've been deprived of even being remotely competitive on a week-in, week-out basis, when you taste a little bit of it, you, you, you just you go sugar crazy with it. It's kind of like when you've been on a diet forever, right? And, and the Super Bowl rolls around and there's this spread of stuff. You're going to go crazy. Right now, the Super Bowl spread of food is being laid in front of the New Jersey Jets. Unfortunately, however, the party just got shut down. Brees Hall done for the year. Brees Hall, and, and we've talked about him at nauseum on here because we know the love affair that Rico has for him. And you saw all the viral clips of us reacting to the Bills not getting him and the Jets getting him in the draft, right? He's been as good as advertised. He's their best player on offense. I don't think it's really a debate. Torn ACL done for the year. 
And then to add insult to injury, Elijah Vera Tucker, done for the year. Two of the biggest assets for that Jets offense, done in the blink of an eye. Zach Wilson, bad. Bad, bad, bad. It's just awful. I watched every snap of that game for the most part yesterday. I cannot, how many yards did he run behind the line of scrimmage yesterday? I don't know how many of you guys watched the game, but it was, it was like watching, it was like watching uh, the Black Swan. It was like a ballet uh, recital. Every time the guy took the snap, he's prancing around, dancing around the backfield, immediately bails out of the pocket, running all over the place, and then just throws the ball away. Saw a stat yesterday. The Jets did not, the Jets had three completions in that game yesterday, in a victory, mind you. The Jets had three completions in that game that went over five air yards. I mean, we are talking about classic 1950s football here. It's incredible. And there's somehow five and two. But there is absolutely no way that sustains. I'm not even going to get, excuse me. I'm not even going to get into my spiel about what the Bills could do against them. Do I have to? The Bills are going to absolutely roll them twice. Maybe you could have made the argument it would have been a competitive game to me with Brees Hall in the mix and with, with the way this defense is playing. But this team is built on winning ugly. They're built on running the ball, and they're built on playing good defense. They can still, of course, play good defense, but with Brees Hall gone, where's the offense coming from? Because it's not coming from Zach Wilson. They're doing everything in their power to take him out of the game. You can't do that now. Your best player's gone. And you look at their schedule coming up. They got to play the Patriots, the Bills, and then the Patriots again. For my money, that's three losses. So you go from five and two to five and five. But hey, as of right now, they're the fifth seed. But I'm not even going to get into an argument about what I think the Bills could do to them if they wound up seeing them in the playoffs because I think we all know what the outcome of that would be. Oh, look who's at number six, my favorite team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. Look, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be hyperbolic here. I mean, I, don't, I really don't want to get over I don't want to over-exaggerate here, truly. And before I get into this, because this might take a minute, but before I get into this, Space Odyssey coming in, my brother, uh, who's the most dis- – <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like an air bubble, man. What the hell? Uh, Space Oddity asking, what, uh, who's the most disappointing team thus far <laughs> – let me tell you what. I mean, we could probably have a four-hour conversation about that. I'll give my answer to that in a second. Give my answer to that in a second because I want to run down these teams, and then I want to get into the NFC, and I think my pick for that, man, you know what? Let me get, give me a second on that. A lot, a lot of options. I got a couple for you. I'm going to give them to you in a second. Let's continue to run down this AFC playoff uh, picture here. And just to remind you, the reason I'm doing this is because this is going to be the landscape put in front of the Bills to get to the goal, right? It's, this is going to be the landscape. They're not going to, they're more than likely not playing the Chiefs in the divisional unless they collapse. So one of these teams is going to Buffalo in the divisional should things stay the same. And, and, and you, got, you, got to, you, you got to take it seriously to some extent, I guess, I guess. And perhaps that team that would come to Buffalo in, in, uh, in January might be the Miami Dolphins. Oh my God. I, I, I don't want to overreact here. I don't want to overreact here because what I'm going to say is probably completely false. But in the moment, it feels true. I'm starting to hate the Miami Dolphins more than I hated the Patriots during the Tom Brady era for, for a litany of different reasons than what I hated the Patriots for. This team is the most overrated team I've seen in quite some time. 
The problem is they're edging out these victories and their fans are, they, they have this, this falsified ammo. They can fire back at you. It's not like the Denver Broncos who coming into this, this year was supposed to be incredible and they fell flat on their face. What's a Broncos fan going to argue to you today. If you told them, Hey, your team sucks. The thing is Miami is not good, but they're four and three today and they'd be making the playoffs. Oh, and by the way, they beat the bells. Right. And that's the, that's the cherry on top of that unbelievably terrible argument that Dolphins fans are continuing to make day after day as to why their team is elite. And I'm loving that I'm starting to see some respectable Dolphins fans. I was just on the AFC roundtable last week, TD included in this. He, he is he's fair and honest. Now, of course, he likes to bust balls. We all do. But when it gets down to brass tacks, he's fair and honest. And that is what I am. And that's what I strive to be. And that's what we as fans should be. Because if you're not that, then you look like a clown. If you're not willing to take constructive criticism, if you're not willing to look at your team for what they are, and you're going to argue all these BS uh, pseudo statistics and stats, and you're going to skew your own eye test to make things seem better than they really are, you're a clown. And we all fall victim to this. I'm not going to sit here on my high horse and pretend like I wasn't like this at times during, during the stretch of mediocrity for the Bills. But at the end of the day, in the back of my mind, I knew what the Bills were. And it wasn't like I was going on Twitter saying, hey, the Bills are the best team in the league and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I wasn't doing that. Maybe when me and my buddies were shooting the shit and, and hanging out in high school, I would say that to bust their balls, but it would end there. I knew what the reality was. And the reality right now for this Miami Dolphins team is that they're mediocre at best, at best. And you saw it on full display last night. That was one of the worst games I have seen in some time. I only, did, I only watched it through, through, through the whole 60-minute uh, duration because I had money on it. How dumb am I? I bet on Miami. Genius, bot. You are a genius. I took a minus seven. Pardon me for thinking that supposedly the best team in the league, according to some people, uh, couldn't cover minus seven against Kenny Pickett at home? 16 to 10, your score at halftime. 16 to 10, your final. What a joke. This is the same Pittsburgh Steelers team that two weeks ago, the Bills made look like a Pop Warner team where the entire the entirety of the roster was on IR. I mean, they, might, they made Mike Tomlin drive home from that game questioning his life. And yesterday it came down to the final play and Kenny Pickett had the ball in his hands. Now, of course, he didn't get it done. He's a rookie quarterback and that team is far from good. Far from good. Don't get it in your head that that Pittsburgh might be some sort of a threat because they beat Tampa Bay, who might be the worst team in the league today, and they gave Miami uh, uh, some problems last night. Miami had one good drive all game, and it just so happened to be what? Oh, the first drive of the game. Why? Because it was scripted. And that goes to show you right there the limitations of Tua Tungabailoa. I like the guy. He's a good guy. You can just tell some people are dicks in this league and some people are good guys. I like Tua. I like him. He's not good. And some of these Dolphins fans are finally coming around to it. I'm seeing it, which is respectable because everybody else sees it. You score, I got to tell you, that opening drive last night was gorgeous. I mean, I thought, I, I, I even said to myself, I go, man, you know, two was back. That was a hell of a drive. Nothing the rest of the game. Couldn't get in the end zone the rest of the game. Couldn't score a point in the second half. 
And that's supposed to be a team that I'm threatened by because not only are you four and three and you, and you beat Pittsburgh 16 to 10 without scoring a point in the second half, but you beat the Buffalo Bills. You did. And I don't know how to say this without sound, without sounding, uh, you know, you know, contradictive or whatever, because I, I, we have to hold the L. The Bills lost 100%. But there's levels to this. And how you don't understand that is just unbelievable to me. The Bills were down six defensive starters. And still, it came down to the last play. And that was by far Josh Allen's most inconsistent and erratic game of the year. And they still should have won it. They shot themselves in the foot that game 10-plus times and still had a chance to win it at the end. And not only that, but their defense still held them to what? Was it 21 points? If anything, I'll give credit to Miami's defense. That I will give credit to. The most underrated defensive unit in the league perhaps right now is Miami, my, the Miami Dolphins defense. Fair and honest. That's all I'm going to be. I have to be transparent about it, of course. Miami's, Miami Dolphins defense thought they played extraordinary against the Bills. Held them, held them to their lowest point total of the year. I thought they played great. And I think that each week here, we've seen the Miami Dolphins D be surprisingly good. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to be uh, the unit on that team to worry about. They are much better on defense today than they are on offense. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, you can't score a point in the second half. Are you kidding me? How is that even possible? Tua had four dropped interceptions yesterday. And I got people, I got people in my mentions sending me videos of Josh Allen's dropped interceptions against the Dolphins. First of all, there, there wasn't four. You could argue maybe two. It happens. Does Tua have the body of work Josh Allen has too on top of it to back it up for an for a off night? The answer is no. Four, and I'm not talking just like dropped interceptions where I was like, oh, that was close. I'm talking in your hands, how the hell did you drop that ball type interceptions? Four of them. It's not good. It's, it's, it's flat out bad. And I got to tell you, with all of these exciting games on the list for the Bills, including this coming up week, uh, including the Bengals game, which is, it seems to be more exciting as the weeks go on here, the, the Vikings game, I think it'll be great. I, there's not a game on that list that I'm more excited about than Bills Dolphins at home. I, I don't know what it is about this team and, the, and their false reality that they've created for themselves. But the fact that, yeah, and I, I got to be honest, I mean, yeah, the fact that they beat the Bills, of course, really, you know, it, it, it's, the, it's, it's the salt in the wound. I wouldn't feel like this perhaps if that didn't happen because that today is the main argument that they continue to use on top of all this other BS, you know, two of four and oh, and all of his starts highest passer rating, most accurate, most accurate. Did you watch the game last night? And you can be as accurate as you want. You can't score, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they lead the league as far as a, as a tandem is concerned, uh, getting yards. They can't get in the end zone. I think they're in the, 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 the late 20s as far as total touchdowns are concerned. I know Tyreek is for a fact. So go ahead, you know, enjoy all of it. Seriously. I cannot wait for that game. And yeah, you know what? The way the AFC is panning out right now, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. 
probably. But you take a look at their schedule, and I'm going to queue it up right now because, it, like the Jets, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a cakewalk. But you do look at it, and I, I don't see them not getting in the playoffs. A win over the Lions, a win over the Bears, a win over the Browns, the Texans. Actually, you know, uh, uh, spoke too soon. <laughs> this might be a cakewalk. Good God, yeah. Chargers, terrible. Getting, getting into them next. Yeah, the, you, I look at this schedule. The Dolphins are walking into the playoffs. Maybe not walking, especially how they played last night. But you're going to see them there, I'm sure. And if that winds up being the case, if it is Miami at Buffalo in the playoffs, sign me up right now. Seventh seed, Los Angeles Chargers. Is there a more fraudulent team in the league than the Los Angeles Chargers? How, how is this team this bad? I think we've been saying this every year since Justin Herbert was drafted. By the way, the Chicago Bears, just to go to show you how, how insane the league is, uh, Chicago Bears, 9-0, about to be 10-0 uh, against the Patriots. Why did they not start Bailey Zappi? I don't get it. Whatever. What do I care? Chicago up 10-0. Hilarious. How? <laughs> Once again, every game I watch, every, every game I watch this year, except for the Bills, really. Because it's been consistent. That's, what, well, that's the one thing I keep, I keep trying to drive home here. Even in the loss, you, you got great defense and you got great offense. They just didn't capitalize. I, none of these other teams are consistent. And, I mean, my God, the Bears, they're right up there as far as is, is just, you know, as bad as it gets. Man, I took the Patriots minus eight tonight. I got I to gotta stop betting. I'm just so bad at it. I'm just terrible at it. You think you know something, and then the, the NFL, I mean, you might as well just go play blackjack. <laughs> you know, yeah. Who, who's calling 21-3 to 3 Carolina yesterday? I mean, how the hell do you know this stuff? How? It's impossible. Let's talk about the Chargers for a second, because right now they'd be the seventh seed. They haven't made the playoffs with Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley yet, and I guarantee you they don't again this year. Right now they're in the seventh spot. But that's not going to be sustainable. Right today, the Cincinnati Bengals are not in the playoffs as, as of today. That's going to change. Cincinnati, you can argue, is probably the third best team in the AFC right now. You can argue between them and the, and the, and the Ravens. I don't care either way. I, I mean, there, there, there's benefits and disadvantages to both of those teams. I will say Cincinnati has, has one of the best second-half defenses in the entire league. And if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to play like they did yesterday... That, that right there is the third best team in the AFC, for sure. And, and, and in fact, the Cincinnati Bengals, out of all of these teams, are probably the only team that if I saw them on the schedule for the Bills in the playoffs, I, there would be part of me that would be like, all right, we got a game. Out of all of these teams, outside of Kansas City, of course, out of all of these teams currently on the list, the one team that I think would give me the most hesitation isn't even currently on the playoff list. Just goes to show you where this, the current state of this league's at. Uh, anyhow, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, I just don't get it. And I'm sorry because I, I and I've, I've been on record on this show um, and other shows before on this. I love Justin Herbert. I absolutely love him. I think outside of Allen, as far as if I had to have a, a player to root for, as far as just likability, watching him play, I really do like Justin Herbert a whole lot. Um it's it's not getting it done. It's not good enough. And we have to stop lumping him in 
towards the top of the league because it's just not there anymore. You know, yesterday he threw the most passes out of any quarterback in the league yesterday, 51. And he didn't even crack 300 yards. It's just not going to get it done. It's five yards a, a, a reception. They're tic-tac towing, towing down the field. Brandon Staley has mismanaged how many games now at this point? They go forward on fourth down, what, every single drive? And I appreciate the edginess, especially early in Staley's career. I really did enjoy the tenacity that he had and the, uh, the willingness to go for it where I think other teams wouldn't. I think it's, it's getting a little overplayed now because it, it's not working. It's, th- th- this team is just, it, they're not winning. Their record indicates better than they, th- their, their record today, I think, makes them seem a bit better than they really are. And they're only four and three. But you barely edge out a win in overtime against Denver, a team that the the Jets just beat yesterday, 30 to 28 against Cleveland. And Cleveland, you know, each week, it's just they're regressing. And then the other two wins, uh, Houston and, and, and the Raiders. But you look at the wins on their list here. I mean, what's what's their standout win? Week one against the Raiders, I guess you could say, and 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 they have they've only won two games all year. There's no signature win on here. Barely edged out against the Browns, a win over the Texans, overtime against the god awful Broncos. Where's the signature win? There isn't one. And Justin Herbert, as good as he's as good as he seems to be, it's just not good enough. And things get way worse today for them as well. JC Jackson, and that's the other thing too about these Chargers. All the pieces they added added to this defense, and for what? To get shredded by Geno Smith? Week in and week out, they're allowing 28 plus points, it seems like. Hell, Jacksonville beat them 38 to 10. J.C. Jackson out for the year as of today. That was their big addition. So was Khalil Mack. Haven't heard his name all year. J.C. Jackson out for the year. Uh, and then Mike Williams severely banged up yesterday. He'll be out for several weeks at, at least. Their top target while Keenan Allen was down. Oh, speaking of Keenan Allen, who, who's missed several weeks. He didn't play in the second half yesterday. He's been banged up all year. And uh, relying on him not going to be... Uh, it's not, it's not going to be sufficient. He's way too banged up way too often. Austin Eckler, he's been terrific up there towards the top of the league as far as best running backs are concerned. Not going to get it done in this league. But I don't, I don't see today uh, the way that they've been playing with Cincinnati coming around the corner. I do not see the Chargers busting into the playoffs. And to me, that results in a firing of Brandon Staley. I think that's inevitable at this point. If they don't get in, he's canned. 100%. So, yeah, there it is, folks. There's your AFC standings. Bills, Chiefs, Titans, Ravens, Jets, Dolphins, Chargers. Incredible. Simply miraculous that that's where this is at. And there's not a single team outside of Kansas City that I look at on that list and think that they even remotely compare to the Bills when fully healthy. And if you feel otherwise, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I'd love to hear the argument as to how and why. I'd love to hear the argument as to how and why three, three through seven on that list stack up with the Bills fully healthy. 
I, I'm open for it. I'm open to hear it. Everybody's entitled to an opinion, and I know that the, fan, the fandom gets in the way sometimes. But put your bias aside here. I mean, and this is back to my original point when I opened up the show. You know, what, even, no, matter what, no matter what team you're a fan of this year, and I have buddies who are fans of all different teams. Hell, I got a really good buddy of mine. He's a huge Tampa Bay Bucks fan. He, he's, about to, he's about to turn, the, turn the, uh, the game off the rest of the year. Uh, just check out. Who could blame him? Holy shit. <laughs> what, what is going on in Tampa? But regardless, I mean, that's a perfect example. Green Bay, good God, we'll get into that game in a minute here. Can't wait for that one, I, I think, for obvious reasons. You look around this league, though, and, and what the hell is worth tuning into? Like, even tonight, you know, who's dropping what they're doing to watch Mac Jones play Justin Fields? Nobody. But anytime Josh Allen's taking the field or anytime Patrick Mahomes is taking the field, you better believe I'm tuning in. And you know that to be true because even yesterday, when the Bills aren't on, the only game that I really wanted to watch, like the full game of, and had any remote interest in really, was KC San Francisco. And it's the allure of Kansas City. And that's coming from a guy who can't stand Kansas City. But I love watching him play. It's like hate watching. I hate watch Patrick Mahomes. He's so good. And I know plenty of people do that with Allen too. They got to hate watch him. It's like what we did with Brady for 20 years. You hate watch him. What, are you going to not watch the Super Bowl? So it, it's, it, it really is right now. I, I want you to imagine a world right now. I want you to imagine a world right now today where Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen are in this league. Imagine the NFL in the state of it today. It would be in utter disarray. Sorry. And that's coming from somebody. There's nobody on earth who loves the NFL more than I do. I'm addicted to it. It's like, it's like 90% of my life during the fall. Probably more than that. I love it more than anything in this world. I love it. But full honest and transparency right now. If, 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 the, if the NFL did not have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, what are you coming to the table to today? A whole lot of nothing. And that's why, I mean, I don't care what happens knowing that you got 17 on this roster for the foreseeable future until the wheels fall off, that should make you happy no matter what at all times. Because look around the league. You could be rooting for anything else, and anything else sucks. It is awful. Win or lose, I don't care. Seriously. Some of these teams you can make, make some sort of argument for. I think you can make an argument for Cincinnati. I think you can make an argument for Baltimore. But the consistency isn't there. But at least sometimes they're a fun watch. I mean, Lamar Jackson, more often than not, is going to be a fun watch. Like this coming week, Thursday night, Bucks, uh, Ravens. I can't wait for that game. Even though I know Tampa Bay's terrible. And recently, the Baltimore Ravens have been a really tough watch. They, they're not as good as you think they'd be. But I, I just think that anytime, you know, things might go south, which I'm not anticipating because how could you look at the rest of the league and then look where the bills are. But nonetheless, you just got to keep it in the back of your mind that 17 is wearing blue and red. I mean, that, that, that ultimately is all that matters right now because him and Patrick Mahomes are this league. They, that's it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, Pat, brr, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they're three quarters out the door. Watching them, it, it is painful watching them. It is absolutely painful. I'm almost starting to feel bad for Tom Brady. That's where it's getting to. Imagine that. 
Seriously, imagine that. It, it, it is so, it, it is, it is brutal. So, you know, you, you look at it this, right? And I, and this is how I see it. It, it, it. Not only is it Super Bowl or bust for the Bills based on what they did in the offseason to construct the roster that they did. But it's Super Bowl or bust because of what's going on in the rest of the league. And the Chiefs is not the excuse. And it can't be. Because this team was built to beat the Chiefs. That is that is supposed to be the roadblock that was paved over when you add Von Miller and you stack this team up to where it is now. And we saw it last week, but I've told I told you this. That game, yeah, it's going to matter big time. Huge game of the year, playoff type game because that to me decides the that decided the one seed last week. It did. But it still does not matter when it comes to, you know, the the, the games that truly either send you to the trophy or send you to the tarmac on your way home. And they were built to beat that team this year. That was the ultimate goal in the offseason. That's why you pay Von Miller. And, and that is why you, I don't know. I mean, that, that's why you've done everything that they have done up until this point to construct this team to get to where it's at. Because the Chiefs, were the team that they had to chase and leap over. I mean, even a couple of years ago when they weren't as good as they were now, I mean, they still had a chance each and every week against the majority of the league, right? But the Chiefs, we saw it. They were just on a whole other level. And of course, you know, we wound up really seeing it in the playoffs uh, the, the, the first time around when they absolutely destroyed us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This team was built to beat the Chiefs. So that right there cannot be the excuse. And then outside of that, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I have no words. You, 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 cannot, you cannot give me an adequate argument right now to compare any other team to the Bills, at least in the AFC. I want to touch on the NFC real quick before we get into the Green Bay game. Because if I, if what I'm saying is true, then we're gonna have the ultimate the the ultimate game, right? The game that matters the most is going to be against an NFC opponent. Well, who could that be against? 
How about this? You ready for this crazy stat? Outside of Minnesota in the NFC East, there's not a single NFC team with a winning record. Not a single one. And the AFC isn't all that much better. And going into this year, I mean, not only did I think the AFC was going to be just far and away better than the NFC, I never would have thought that the NFC East would have been leading the charge over there. And it's uglier than hell, and it's just borderline unwatchable. But like I said, who cares? If you're a fan of the Giants today, you're 6-1. and one. What the hell do you care how you're winning? I mean, the, the Jacksonville game yesterday, you're just like, good God, like, this, is, this is brutal. No, neither team wants to win this game. And then just like, just like they have the last, what, five weeks in a row, the Giants somehow find a way. I mean, how about Brian Dable? I mean, what the hell? They got a horseshoe shoved so far up their ass, it's up, their, it's up in their chest cavity right now. But it doesn't matter. Good teams make their own luck. And they're not, a, they're not a great team, but they're a good enough team. Like I said earlier about the Giant or the Jets, they're good enough. And right now, good enough, it, it, it's all you really need. Because at the end of the day, all you got to do is get into the round of seven. I was telling my Giants, my, my best friend, he's a Giants fan. I was telling him this last night. Because he knows what's around the corner for the Giants. And he know. I mean, he's realistic too. I mean, obviously he's more stoked than anybody on this planet right now. But he also understands how they're winning. And he also understands that the limitations of Mac Jones and they have no receivers to throw to. He gets it, right? But I told him, I said, man, look at the NFC right now. And I understand all those, all those arguments because I'm the one making them. I totally get it. I totally understand it. But, I mean, realistically, if the Giants get in today, if the season ended today, right, and the Giants get in as the five seed, or, you know, another argument, if, if the season ended today and Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks get in as the three seed, it's, it's, it's uh, anybody's, it's really anybody's to win, honestly. I mean, I get it. Philly's at the top, right? But like I mentioned earlier, we're not going to really have a chance to see the true stripes of this Philadelphia Eagles team. But ultimately, you know, you, can, you can't pick your own schedule, of course. And, and, and on paper and eye test, Philly is definitely by far the best team in the NFC. And they're, the definitely, they're definitely the third best team in the NFL. I'm not discrediting Philly at all. But someone's still got to play Philly in the NFC Championship, right? And so I'm telling my buddy yesterday, I go, dude, you just got to get there, man. You just got to get there. And then who the hell knows? more often than not, ugly football, unless you're the Bills or the Chiefs in an unbelievable primetime one-for-the-ages shootout, ugly's going to get it done in the playoffs usually. Ask San Francisco, ask Green Bay a season ago. Piss ugly game. San Fran comes out on top. Mac Jones picked off. Mac Jones picked off. <laughs> Tell you what, man. Thank God they put Mac Jones back in. I hope he plays against the Bills in the next two outings because Bailey, Bailey Zappi was on a tear. McCorkle Jones. Oh, Belichick. What are you, why'd you do it? Why? Whatever, man. So the NFC, Philly, the one seed right now. Minnesota, there might be, they, and I, even tonight I'm noticing it, they might be the most overlooked team. In the league right now, perhaps definitely in the NFC. It's just that when you look at when you look at the Vikings, every week they they seem, you know, they get the job done, they win. 
but none of it ever impresses you. And there, there, there's style points to the league. The style points don't count towards the record. They don't count for anything tangible, of course, but they count when it comes to the respect level you're given in this league. Why do you think that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes right now are the two most feared guys in the entire league? Not only because of what they're doing on the field, but because of the way that they do it. That's why. And why do you think those two teams are the best in the league and the most feared? Because they blow your doors off. They don't just waltz into the game and, and, you know, prance around and beat you uh, 10 to 7. They kick the shit out of you. And if they don't do that, it's going to be an absolute barn burn. I mean, you look at the Vikings. They got destroyed by Philadelphia. Destroyed. So I guess back to my point about, you know, Philly not really seeing anybody. Well, hey, they saw the Vikings, the only team outside of the NFC East with a winning record, and they beat the shit out of them. Um, so they, they, they beat the Lions by four. I mean, look at their schedule. I mean, it's just hilariously bad. The Lions, the Bears. I mean, anybody in the NFC right now, you could just crawl to the playoffs if you have a competent quarterback, a few decent weapons, and a, and a mediocre to a slightly above average defense. You're in the playoffs. Beat the Dolphins for what that's worth, by the way. Tua didn't play. Hmm. So Minnesota would be your two seed. Now, here's a team that I, 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 have all the, I have all the respect in the world for right now. And I'm loving watching them, and I, I'm rooting for them. Seriously, I'm loving everything about it. And, and, and it's because of two things. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, they'd be the three seed. In, incredible. A team that everybody thought coming into this year would be tanking after losing Geno Smith. Or <laughs> losing Geno Smith. After going with Geno Smith and losing... Russell Wilson. Nobody had the Seattle team contending, much less being the three seed. Here's Geno Smith, the surefire locked in 100% comeback player of the year. I mean, you could make the argument for Saquon, I think, of course, but how do you not give it to Geno, man? I want you to think about this in actuality, in all seriousness. There's an argument today. There's an argument today. And obviously, I think Jalen Hurts is the undisputed winner here but you could really make a you could make an argument that geno smith is is the best quarterback in the nfc right now if not one of them i mean seriously he's not the best in my opinion he's right the hell there right now today seriously i watched the majority of that game yesterday against the chargers and and you know they made a few mistakes early on to let the Chargers back in. That game was was 17 nothing, I think, at, at one point, 17 to 7. They let the Chargers kind of crawl back in it, and then they went ahead and, 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 and routed them the rest of the game. Seattle's for real. Geno Smith's having a hell of a year. I mean, who would have thought that? I tweeted this out yesterday and kind of jokingly, but also like kind of like kind of serious. The only guy I'd be happy with uh, Josh Allen losing the MVP to would be Geno Smith. Just because you want to talk about a guy, the ultimate underdog, somebody who's been ruled out his whole, whole career, never had any sort of, you know, semblance when it comes to the team he's playing with, right? Any, any, uh, like any success surrounding him, any help, really. It's just been an uphill battle for Geno Smith his entire career. And here they are. I mean, the Seahawks, week in and week out, are lighting the scoreboard up. 37 against the Chargers, 48 against the Lions, 32 against the Saints. I mean, 
Geno Smith, you got to give him credit. And right now, they're the three seed. It, it, it's remarkable stuff. Truly, truly is. And I, I'm loving watching it because Pete Carroll, you just know that he is absolutely like, He's leaving the game. He's leaving the stadium every day. He's he's getting a W and then going and watching Russell Wilson absolutely implode. And he is just laughing maniacally to himself. And I and the other reason I'm really, you know, like enjoying Seattle's uh success here. I I the hatred I have for the Denver Broncos right now is incredible. And it's because Watching them is is sheer torture. And once again, yesterday was no exception. I have never seen a team with so much promise and so much potential and so much hype absolutely crap themselves the way that the Denver Broncos have. It is it is criminal. Criminal how bad they are. That's a team that anybody who has any remote knowledge of the league had going into this season as a as a playoff team, at least. At least. They're brutal. Fair argument today to be one of the worst teams in the league. Seriously. Their defense is the only thing keeping them away from being the worst team in the league right now. The only thing. And even that can't stop. Uh, even that's not enough to suffice against uh, Zach Wilson. Seriously. You hold the Jets yesterday to what was it? 16 points, 13 points. And y- you still can't win. 16 to 9 the final yesterday. The over-under of that game was 37. It was the game, it was the lock of the year. You imagine a Bills game with the over-under of 37? The Bills would cover it themselves in under-hitting on 37. To answer that question earlier from Space Oddity, uh, the, the, the team that's most disappointing, it's got to be Denver. I mean, you, you make the argument for Tampa Bay, but who the hell cares about Tampa Bay? I, I don't care. The AFC is what I'm worried about. And the Denver Broncos were a team coming into this season that I had circled as a team the Bills were going to have to worry about come playoff time. Forget about it. The Bills would beat the Broncos today by a 1,000. They would absolutely clown that team. Clown them. I would love to play Denver this year. Swap them out with any team on our schedule. Sign me up. They are terrible. And that's why I like seeing Seattle succeed. Because I'm rooting so heavily against Denver today because of how bad they are. Get them off my television. They still have three more primetime games the rest of the year for a total of seven, I think. And you want to know why? Because everybody thought they were going to be good, including league management. And I got to sit and suffer watching them every week. Good God almighty. Terrible. Speaking of those Buccaneers... They're the four seed today. The only reason they would be is because they're narrowly winning their division, perhaps right now the worst division in the league. And uh, Tom Brady, uh, like I said earlier, I'm starting to feel bad. I mean, if you watched that game yesterday, you're talking about a Carolina Panthers team who is legitimately throwing their season. They just traded away all of their top assets and their starting quarterback, multiple starting quarterbacks, both injured. Tom Brady lost to an XFL football player yesterday and a team who has no face to the franchise. I mean, seriously, I I couldn't name you five players today on the Panthers. And they they didn't just lose. They got routed, destroyed. 
That is just incredible to me. How bad Tampa Bay is. I think Tom Brady's off the field issues are really starting to creep into that locker room. And I just don't think that, uh, I just don't think that they can overcome this. I mean, I, they, they do have, you know, they are a bit banged up. I have more faith in them than I do green Bay, but I'm sorry. I don't see how you can argue me, argue to me today. The turnaround after in consecutive weeks, you lose to Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the absolute tanking dredge of the league, almost unarguable worst team in the league, Carolina Panthers. You lose at home 21 to three. You don't even get in the end zone. How is that possible? How is that possible? And then around the NFC out, it's the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Rams. So as of today, amazingly, the AFC East has three playoff teams. Or the NFC East has three playoff teams in today. So, you know, you look at that list. Uh, San Francisco not on there, right? San Francisco not on there. And I think that they eventually will be, but I'm done. I'm done with the San Fran hype train. I keep waiting for them to be good and turn the corner. They have an incredible roster and I just don't know. I just don't see it. They win narrowly when they do win. The defense was supposed to be this, you know, it's supposed to be the top of the league. They got embarrassed yesterday. And then you got Jimmy G taking safeties and throwing picks. And I, I've, I've rooted for Jimmy G because I think that he gets a lot of crap that's undeserved, but they're just not good enough. They're good enough to make the playoffs. But as a team that I even I could see making the Super Bowl just because of how topsy-turvy the NFC is, the, the moral of the story here is you, you look at this list of, of teams and, and who's worrying you going into the Super Bowl against the Bills. I mean, even if they got to Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, is what would this be? His second year, third year? What's the what year is Jalen Hurts? Either way, and then I'm pretty sure you got a rookie head coach over there in Philly as well. So it would be a major upset. I mean, I think if the Bills, I think if the Bills were to go into that Super Bowl, I'm trying to think of what the line would be. I, I would imagine the Bills on a neutral field against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, yeah, sorry, this is a Hurts's third year. Yeah. I'd have to imagine on a neutral field in a Super Bowl atmosphere, the Bills would be favored by at least five in that game, probably more. So, you know, to round it out here, there's not a single team outside of KC on the AFC list right now that concerns me as far as the playoffs are concerned. And when it comes to the NFC, uh, I just, there really isn't anything there for, to, for me to, to open my eyes at either, except for maybe Philly. I mean, I got to give Philly credit, of course. And I think that right now that could be the team to make it. But I'm taking Buffalo over Philly 10 out of 10 times. So to put a bow on it, man, what I learned yesterday, the Bills and the Chiefs are holding this league up to the point where their back is starting to cave in. And the Bills have 100% got to win the whole thing this year. As I look down on my iPad and see JA17 in a gorgeous Gillette commercial. The irony in that, by the way, right? Gillette Field or Gillette Stadium, the Patriots are on, and Josh Allen, the face of Gillette. Isn't that just ironic as hell? How full circle have we become? How full circle have we come?
the the Patriots losing before the half to the Bears in Gillette Stadium. We go to commercial. And Josh Allen is doing the Gillette commercial. Oh, I didn't even notice. Bailey Zappi's in. A dime from Bailey Zappi. Oh, not really a dime. But hey, a completion over 10 yards. More than Mac Jones can say. Mac Jones is done. He's done. What happened? Can the chat fill me in? Did he get hurt or did they just flat out bench him? Oh, my man, master at work over uh, covering the Patriots has got to be through the moon right now. The zappy fever is taking over. So they just benched him, huh? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Co- Kobe Wankanobi coming in here saying, wow, wow, wow. Wow, they bench Mac Jones and on the first drive in, Bailey Zappi, touchdown, three for three, 54 yards. Why did they not start him in this game? Look at him, look at him, look at him. He's got the look, Bills Mafia. I hate it already. I hate it already. Look at him. You already can, can you see it now? Three years from now, AFC Championship, Josh Allen, Bailey Zappi, the, the, the new, uh, the new uh, rivalry of the decade. You just can see, of course, right? I do this every time the Patriots part a new quarterback in. Wow, amazing. Ah, all right, so that was my uh, recap on yesterday, a rather boring day of football. And, uh, you know, the way I looked at it, man, if I didn't have money on these games, I would have fallen asleep halfway through them all, seriously. Thank God for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Speaking of those Buffalo Bills, and I haven't even touched on the Green Bay Packers uh, throughout all that conversation. There are plenty to talk about there. So let's hear from our uh, sponsor real quick, our good friends over at BetUS. Give them a quick shout-out, come back, and let's preview um, the first Sunday night football game in Buffalo in front of fans in what? Two centuries? Something like that? Very excited. Bills-Packers right around the corner here on Sunday night football this coming week. Let's get into a preview of that. But before we do, a quick word from our good friends over at BetUS. Football is back, and so is BetUS.com for our 28th year of NFL action. With live in-game betting, incredible odds with daily odds boosters, props, parlays, fast payouts, and exceptional customer service, BetUS has it all. Sign up today at BetUS.com. BetUS, where the game begins. Bet US, baby. Get on over there. Check it out. Take advantage of that promo we're running right now. Uh, if you want to take advantage of that promo on the Bills, as of right now, the Bills at home against the Green Bay Packers are currently 10 and a half point favorites. And I'm I'm all over that. I think that that's light. They opened up at eight and a half. And anytime you see double digits, it, it kind of scares you. But I remember I looked at the, you know, the opening spread against Pittsburgh, and I think that was 14. And they won 38-3. You can't let these numbers scare you off. Because there's a reason it's that high. The Bills are up. Justin Fields picked off. Here comes the comeback. The zappy fever has taken over Monday Night Football. The tide has turned. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is absolutely hilarious. Mac Jones benched primetime at home. And the team is fueled up. Oh, my God. You got to be kidding me. 
Uh, space oddity coming back in, my brother. Dark Horse Cleveland with Watson could be a problem. You'd think so, except that they have not been able to build up enough equity without him. They have they have had every opportunity in the book to be a competent team as far as seeding is concerned for when Deshaun Watson came back and they're just blowing it. Come back on the on the ropes yesterday, right, against the Ravens. They can't seal the deal. Get absolutely worked by the Patriots. A Chargers team who right now is flailing. They lose to them. They lost to the Falcons, who got absolutely blitzed yesterday by the Bengals. The Browns, when they started out, right? I mean, they start out at two and one. Uh, but the win was over the Panthers narrowly, narrowly, and we've seen how that's kind of panned out. And then a win over the Steelers, and of course we've seen how that's panned out. How if they could have gotten a win against uh, the Falcons uh, or the uh, the Chargers in there, you, you might have me sold. But I just don't think by the time that Deshaun Watson gets back, um, that they're going to be in a position to be able to make the playoffs. But hey, the AFC right now in the state of it, nothing would shock me at this point. Uh, what something I wanted to, I saw in here that I, I wanted to address here because <laughs> I think this is a perfect way to get into this. Uh, Chop 50 coming in saying, hey, Zeba, you see Green Bay dropping four in a row? Oh, crystal clear, Chop 50. I see it with 2020 vision. I can see that as if it's four inches in front of me, staring me right in the pupils. The Bills are going to absolutely dismantle the Green Bay Packers this weekend. I have no reservations about saying that whatsoever. Give me one good reason right now why you think the Green Bay Packers have any ability to keep that game even remotely close. You take away the you take away the yellow helmet and the in the giant G logo and you watch that team and you would think that they are among the the bottom feeders of the league right now. Seriously. You take away the, the the cheese yellow helmet. You cut Aaron Rodgers' hair so you can't tell that it's him in the back there. And what do you got? You got a whole lot of mediocre to below mediocre. That's what the Green Bay Packers are right now. I, I've, we talk about this all the time on this show. It, it's, the, it's the fear instilled in us based on the past and based on the heritage. We do it with New England. We've done it with Pittsburgh. Oh my God, Bailey Zappi with a dime. You, you have got to be kidding me right now with this kid. You have got to be kidding me. Devontae Parker right in the bread basket on the sideline. Bailey Zappi? Is he the new Brady? You got to be shitting me with this stuff after they bench McCorkle Jones. A 43-yard bomb. What is he right now? Four for four for 100 yards? I can't believe this. Bailey Zappi. Just saying that name out loud makes me want to laugh. And here he is taking the league by storm. Four for four, 97 and a touchdown. I can't believe what I'm witnessing here. The Patriots with Bailey Zappi are actually a threat. Not even, not even exaggerating, not even a hint of sarcasm. I'm being dead serious. That's why I was excited to see Mac Jones back out there tonight. I'm like, oh, I hope they keep riding with that because we'll get a repeat of what we saw in the wild card last week or last year. 
Ronald Ringler asked me why I'm so happy. I'm not happy. I'm stunned. I'm, I'm blown away, Ronald. You're, we're talking about a Monday nighter here, prime time, right, in New England. You touchdown Patriots. You bench your first-round quarterback for Bailey Zappi, who's what? What, what? what round did they even draft him in? The 15th? Like, I don't even – I have no clue. I have no clue. I didn't know who the hell he was until Mac Jones got hurt. Did anybody? And on prime time, in, in two drives, he's got 100 yards on four throws, and, a t- and, and he's led the team back to take the lead. And I'm not sure if you've been paying attention, but the Patriots with Bailey Zappi in the backfield have been putting up points and winning games. And the reason it's stunning me is because I'm not kidding you with this kid in the backfield. It's they're, they're in the thick of things. I think seriously, they win tonight. They're four and three. They're right there. Wow, just just stunning is all. Definitely not excited. Just uh, David in here, real salty. Wow, a touchdown. Calm down. Listen, it's the zappy fever. We're witnessing history here, folks. We're witnessing history. Carl coming in, he goes, oh, you really think the Pats will be a threat? Not to us, not to the Bills. But I just got done talking about it for an hour about the AFC and the state of things. When I say threat, I mean a threat to make the playoffs. I mean, look at the AFC right now. We just went through it in length. And if, and if they continue to play like this with the defense that they have, yeah, they're going to be right there. And the other thing, too, you got to consider, right? The other thing, too, you got to consider is the future for New England. Because not even remotely exaggerating, if this kid can go out there and play as well as he has with this little experience then what's going to happen when Belichick's got years to mold around him with the defenses that they usually have? I'm just saying. It's very, it's, it's interesting is all. Things can be interesting. Um, I know at times this is tough, but things can be interesting outside of Buffalo Bills football at times, at least. Uh, my brother, Bartek, coming in. Uh, he's saying, there's Bills fans saying, stop being cocky for the Green Bay game. There's a difference in being confident opposed to cocky. We deserve to be confident. Listen. <laughs> Uh, you can be as cocky as you want. You can be as confident and cocky as you want. I don't care. There is no reason in the world not to be. And as you said, we deserve to be confident. confident. You're absolutely right. I am, and I've, ta- I've said this a thousand times, I am so sick and tired of us having to suppress our, our actual thoughts. Does anybody in here think the Bills are not going to absolutely destroy Green Bay? Seriously. And if you do, I want to hear why. If you don't think the Bills are going to destroy Green Bay, I want to hear why. And like not, you know, not even being um, facetious. Like I, I actually want to know what you, why you think that. I want to hear like your reasoning. Because if you've watched Green Bay in the last several weeks, which weeks, which I have, I've watched just about every game. Because like I was talking about earlier, before Zappy went off. The Green Bay Packers are that team that, that, you know, you see the big G on the helmet and you see Aaron Rodgers and you immediately think that they're going to win and you, and you want to tune in. You want to tune in because you've been trained over these years. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, that means good football. You're trained, you're trained to that, right? You want to watch good football. You gravitate towards that. And I still do that. When I think Green Bay, I think, green, I think good football. It's hard for me to knock that out of my head. So I, I've watched every game uh, for the most part this year. And uh, right around the Bucks game, well, not even then, because uh, they got destroyed week one against the Vikings. 
But, you know, I think then we were like, okay, well, you know, growing pains for the Packers, really young team, no Devontae Adams, they'll work things out. They follow that up. They destroy the, the Bears. And you're like, okay. I mean, obviously they, they destroy the Bears every year, but you're like, okay, they're not as bad as the week one reflected. But then what, what really caught my eye with Green Bay as far as how mediocre I was starting to think that they were, and then it really just started to go downhill from there. It was the Tampa Bay Bucks game. So in that game, Tampa Bay, and I, as we see now, I mean, even, even I don't even know if the starters would have mattered, but um, as we see now, Tampa Bay is, is well below average when it comes to uh, a good football team currently. And in that game against Green Bay, they were missing, I think, three of their starting wide receivers. Brady was down to Scotty Miller and Russell Gage. It was, uh, it, it was a bunch of bench players in there with, uh, with Tampa Bay. And Green Bay won 14 to 12. It was back. It was just a, a tight game all game. And I kept thinking to myself, man, Tampa Bay is absolutely ravished with injuries right now. And Green Bay can't put this team away. And I'm watching the game. I remember it was, you know, it was a handful of weeks ago. And I'm like, man, like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. There's no way that Tampa Bay has the talent level right now to, to be able to pull this game out. And I think the, the Bucs had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to win it. And then you follow that game up against New England, and that was the first time we saw the Zappy fever because Mac Jones got hurt in that Green Bay game. Zappy came in, and he brought that game to overtime. And then my eyes really lit up. I'm like, wait a minute. The Patriots benched quarter or uh, backup quarterback just took the Packers to overtime? Uh, what the hell is going on? And then they never won a game since. They haven't won a game since then. I want you to think about this. Think about, put yourself in the shoes of yourself a year ago. Teleport back to a year ago. Imagine last year in, in three consecutive weeks, the Packers lost to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. I mean, you, you, would have thought, you would have thought that someone hit you over the side of the head and you were in a coma. And you, and you dreamt it up. The Packers last year went, what, 13-3 and three or 14-3, and three, something like that? 13-4? and four. Losing Devontae Adams and then, having, and then compounding that with Aaron Rodgers' lack of commitment all throughout the offseason and his media tour with, between the vaccine thing and the, um, and, and the ayahuasca thing and the holding out on the team and threatening retirement and threatening to leave the, uh, the Packers organization and then not showing up to – to voluntary mini camp. The whole thing just reeked of, of issues nonstop. This has been dating back to about a year ago. And what do you know? It's starting to catch up with them. It's starting to catch up with them big time. This team is not talented whatsoever when it comes to the talent level of the Bills and it comes to the talent level of the Packers. It is not even remotely comparable. It is a Grand Canyon size gap between talent level. The Packers could be decent. Uh, in time, a lot of their weapons right now are young, inexperienced guys. And Aaron Rodgers, who's halfway out the door right now, seems like he has no interest in taking the time to develop these guys, work with these guys, and try to get this team where, to, where they need to be. Everything with him seems to be uh, just so sarcastic and like, uh, you know, he just seems holier than thou. Everything seems to be somebody else's fault. When he takes the podium, it just seems like he's along for the ride here and then he's going to hang his shoes up. That's what it looks like to me. 
And then you get him in the press conference uh, yesterday. You lose to the commanders. And, and, and that's a perfect game, I think, as far as an example of what I'm talking about here. The Washington commanders, right? You got, you got Taylor Heineke starting that game. Washington's franchise is an absolute mess. The ownership's the worst in the league. That franchise has been in disarray for years now. And like I told you earlier, if you just if both teams were wearing you know a plain white jersey and a plain black jersey, what was the difference out there yesterday? Aaron Rodgers looked no better than Taylor Heineke did. No team looked better or worse. The Commanders had the ball almost the entire game. It wasn't just a close win for the Commanders late. I mean, they were winning that game the whole game. There was nothing Green Bay could do on offense to get back into it. And they put up 21 points against the Commanders. If they can only muster that against the Commanders, the week prior to that, putting up 10 points against the Jets, do you seriously think they're going to be able to get into a shootout with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? No chance. In four consecutive weeks, They've allowed, uh, they've allowed 27 points, 27 points, 27 points, and then yesterday to the weakest team of the four that they played, the Commanders, 23 points. In all three of those, or all four of those games, they have not been able to amass 24 points. The Bills, on average, are scoring nearly 30 points a game. That number inflates at home. And if you look at the Bills statistically over the last 10 or so home games, they're averaging over 30 points a game. They're holding their opponent, on average, to about 15 points a game. On average, over the last 10 home games, the Bills are doubling up their opponent. They're beating their opponent by an average of two touchdowns a game at home. They seem to score more at home. They seem to dominate on defense more at home. And that's scary because they've been doing that on the road this year too. And you look at Green Bay and the current state of things, and you look at Buffalo, not only the way they've been playing, but off of a bye as well. Sunday night at home in front of a Bills crowd who's been deprived of home football, really. I mean, up until the bye week, the Bills have only had uh, they only, they only had two home games through uh, eight weeks here. The Bills have only had two home games through eight weeks here. And this is the first Sunday night football game with fans. And I can't tell you how long. I know they played the, the, the uh, Steelers on Sunday night football at home, but that was during the pandemic. When's the last time they played at home on a Sunday night game with fans? I, I seriously can't remember. You factor all of that in, and I just need to, I need to be told where I could possibly see the sneaky Green Bay victory coming from. Hell, I'd like to see where I, I could see the sneaky Green Bay spread cover coming from. Seriously. This Packers team is not nearly what we are accustomed to seeing, and the Bills are by far the best team in the league right now. So when you stack these two teams together, I just don't see it. You got to get out of your head the two-time consecutive MVP champion Aaron Rodgers and the allure of the Green Bay Packers because that's not it this year. Aaron Rodgers isn't, I mean... <laughs> He's about as close to the MVP this year as I am. And that Packers team, as, as it sits today, in a very mediocre to weak NFC, wouldn't even be making the playoffs today. And the Bills are off of a bye, already playing the best football in the league, at home, prime time. I mean, you can just absolutely forget about it if you're a Packers fan. And, uh, you know, Bartek's point of, you know, Bills fans being too cocky, it's still Aaron Rodgers. It, no, 
How about it's Josh Allen? How about that? And this is back to my point. I am so sick and tired of us having to hit the uh, the brakes on our on our actual thoughts and feelings about how we think these games are going to pan out because of uh, historic bias, the bias against the Bills, right, and our own uh, our, our ability to to mentally repress the thought of the Bills beating teams um, by extraordinary amount because of what they did in the past. And then also the way we view other teams that used to be good that are no longer good. The Green Bay Packers are no longer good. And I'd be incredibly shocked uh, if Aaron Rodgers came back next year. I think we're, wa- I think we're watching his, his, his final lap here. Because he just looks checked out. I mean, if you watch his press conferences, um, it, it just looks like he has no desire, really. And then you watch it out on the field, and they can't move the ball, and he seems frustrated on every snap. And things are not good in Green Bay right now. And in Buffalo, things couldn't be better. So, um, and then, you know, if, if you want to just get down to the numbers, too, I mean, Green Bay is averaging 18 points a game. That is not going to get it done against Buffalo. There's just no way. 18 points a game is just simply, it's not enough. Oh, touchdown Bears. We got a game down here. How about that? All these bad primetime games. It's actually nice to see some, uh, some scoring. My God. But to, you know, I mean, just when you think about this game, I understand because I'm the same way. When the schedule first came out, um, I think we all circled this game as being one of the best. I mean, even last night, if you watched the Sunday night game, um, afterwards, Tariko and Collinsworth were previewing the Bills-Packers uh, game here, and, and Tariko said it best. He said, you know, before the year, we were thinking this was going to be maybe our best game of the year, and, and now it's, it's not even anywhere close. I mean, I'm looking at the overall stats here, right? Bills number one in offense, and, and if I'm taking a look here, the, the Packers are below the top half of the league. Go to defense. The Bills have the best defense in the league. And uh, that's the one thing I think that has held them up to some degree. But the, Pack, the, the Packers defense has been okay. They're only allowing 20 points a game. But even so, I think if the Bills get to 20 in this game, which I don't imagine they, they're held to that little, but I'm not even kidding. I think if the Bills do get to uh, the, the Packers average here, 20.9, so let's just say 21, I think 21 gets that done. I think 21 gets it done against Green Bay the way that they've been playing. I mean, 27-10 to the Jets, 23-21 Washington. So, I I am... <sighs> I mean, I understand, like, the, the, the thought process of wanting to just kind of, you know, there's a difference between, I think, being humble. Because, look, 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 we're fans. I mean, there, you don't need to be humble. You just need to be competent. I don't think there's really a such thing as being a humble fan. I think, I think it's more so being fair. Because I don't think humble and fan go hand in hand. Because the whole part about being a fan is being like, you know, a lunatic. There's not a, there's not a, a whole lot of humbleness in, in being a lunatic. But you have to be fair and honest. 
And if you're fair and honest and you take away your, your fanhood here, who doesn't look at this game and think Bills by 100? I mean, you, you, just yesterday in the press conference, Aaron Rodgers goes, uh, maybe this is the best, maybe this is the best thing that, maybe this is the best thing that could happen to us. We're going to Buffalo, a chance to get exposed. What? Best thing for you. You just lost to the Jets, the Giants, and the Commanders, and you think the best thing for you is to play the Bills? I think I kind of get what he was trying to say. Where he's like, oh, maybe it's the best thing for us to, to be ruled out. Whatever, dude. You can get out, you can make up all the bulletin board material you want. You're not winning the game. You're, there's just no way. I mean, just kind of like simulate it in your mind, really. How do the Packers win that game? Because Aaron Rodgers isn't lighting the field up for 350 and four touchdowns. It's not happening. It hasn't happened against mediocre teams. You think it's happening against the best defense in the league at home? No. So they're not scoring enough. Uh, the Bills average 30, 30 or so points uh, a week at home. Uh, and I don't anticipate them scoring any less than around that amount this coming week. If the Jets can do it, just running the ball, essentially, the, the Bills can't do it with Josh Allen. There's just nothing, there's nothing about this game that I, I see uh, the Packers having even a slight ability to kind of edge in on and make it a game. Just don't see it. And when you look at the Bills schedule here, this game to me, early on in the year, like Tariko had said last night, I had it circled as one of those games that you'd have to be a bit concerned about. And I think a lot of these games on here, you might have had that as well earlier on in the year. But if the, think about it like this. If the Bills could get through the first half of the season the way that they did, against teams that I think are much better today than the Packers, like the Ravens. I think the Titans today are better than the Packers. The Rams today, I think, are on. I, the Rams is probably a pretty good example with the Packers, right? Just the, these teams with these aging quarterbacks, pocket-present quarterbacks with injuries and, and, and inexperienced guys, they're kind of falling off of a cliff a little bit. Or a, actually, drastically. But I think today on a, on a neutral field, I'm taking the Rams to beat the Packers, and the Bills destroyed the, the, the Rams. The Dolphins are a better team today than the Packers. The only team the Bills have played so far that I don't think is a better team than the Packers is probably Pittsburgh. And based on what the Packers have done the last three weeks against teams that I find to be pretty similar to Pittsburgh as far as, far as talent level is concerned, they lost all three of those. Today, the, the, the Packers are much closer to the Pittsburgh Steelers than they are the Buffalo Bills. But no matter how you shape it, I, I just, the, the way I try to look at games is I, I like to look at, if, if I'm going to look at it objectively, the way I like to try to balance things out is, like, okay, what does the other team have that they can use against the Bills to potentially narrow the margin? And the way things have been going recently for the Green Bay Packers, there's really not anything that I currently see 
that they could all of a sudden just pull out of thin air against the Bills and put into motion. The only thing that I can really fathom, and it's just hard for me to even imagine, it would be that all of a sudden, after uh, seven weeks, Rodgers decides to flip a switch and goes back to MVP Aaron Rodgers. But if he couldn't do that in the fourth quarter last week, down to Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders, then do I think he's going to be able to consistently have a baller game against the Bills? I, I just don't. And they don't, they don't, they have a decent run game. They don't utilize it enough. That's the other thing, too. Is Sammy Watkins even playing in that game? I'm seeing Sammy's name brought up. I know he was hurt. Let's take a look. Let's see. Sammy Watkins could face Bills for the first time in his career. How about that? As long as Sammy's not been with the Bills, this would be the first time he's played the Bills. Wow. That's a cool stat. I didn't know that. Take a peek here. What's I mean, what, what, what do I even care? Sammy Watkins isn't going to make a difference in this game. Let him come back. Be great. Green Bay Packers uh, activated the receiver from the team's injured reserve list. He had missed the last four games with a hamstring injury. Okay, so he could come back, but he's hobbled. First game off an injury. That's according to the Bills Wire over at USA Today. Um, sure. Put Sammy in. Have a ball. You know? Go, go nuts. I mean, I know I'm sounding a little bit lackadaisical here, but like, I just, I, I'm, I'm outside of the, I, I, this is basically the whole moral of the show here today. What's given me a threat? What's given me anything to really be concerned about in this league right now? Nothing. It's only the Chiefs. The only game all year that I had like an unbelievable amount of anxiety and excitement over. You know that feeling, right? I talked about it after the Chiefs game, that feeling of, uh, it's like a black mass, right? This unorthodox kind of force field feeling you have surrounding you when you play the Chiefs, that is the only team, the only game that gives me even close to that feeling. And it's almost kind of like a high that you chase because when you do win a game like that, the highs and lows and the thrills and the emotions are so high and so erratic that it's like, it's like a roller coaster. It's thrilling almost. And you kind of chase it. And I'm imagining that's what a Super Bowl game would feel like to watch. Because it's just nonstop uh, anxiety, nonstop, like, every play is uh, do or die. That's exactly how I feel about the Chiefs, whether it's in the playoffs or a preseason game. Seriously, I mean, that's just the way it is with the Chiefs. I don't feel that against any other team. Big time Bean coming in here saying McDermott is 5-0 and after the bye. Great stat right there, and he's about to be 6-0. and so if the Bills do improve to six and one, I, like I like we all know, uh, the the Bills are really really in the driver's seat here. Over the next handful of weeks, and I'm including Green Bay in this because I just I don't look at Green Bay as a team that I'm worried about. I mean I, I can't stress this enough how stunned I would be for Green Bay after the way that they have played this season to go into Buffalo in that environment on a Sunday night and pull this game out. The Bills would have to absolutely implode in this game. That's the only way I see it going the Green Bay Packers way. Truly. And then after that, Jets, Vikings, Browns, Lions, Patriots. Vikings is the only is 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 a game out of all those I just listed is the game I, I'm most interested in for sure. 
But going into December 1st, when they play New England on Thursday night football, let's see, 6-1, and 7-1, 8-1, 9-1. Okay, I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. I'm just saying the moral the moral of this show was the moral of this episode of the smoke break here. No matter way where, where the, any way you look at it, the, the way you want to look at this game coming up against the Packers this week, or the way you want to look at the rest of the league and and how things go from a week to week basis, it has to be this year for the Bills. It just has to be because if not now, when? If not now, when? Everything is lining up perfectly. Not only are they the best team in the league, but everybody else around the NFL is faltering and not close to playing to their potential. Green Bay being a perfect example. Think about it. If this game was last year against the Packers, I mean, this the, I, there's no way I'd be saying the things I'm saying right now. That's how much things have changed in just a year. The Bills went this way and everybody else went down to the floor. Got to take advantage. And guess what? They have been. Like I've been preaching all episode here. They have been consistent. And they've been consistently dominating and consistently winning. And I, I'm not going to sit here and drum up reasons to think that they, they stop doing that. I'll do that when they, when they show it to me. And let's just hope they don't. Seriously. All right, we're right before the half here, 17-14, Justin Field and the Bears right outside of the red zone. Enjoy the second half of this one. This ought to be interesting. I'll tell you. All these teams, including New England right now, it's like you're waiting for these mediocre teams to kind of just like rise above the next one and then just kind of go on a run. I mean, that's all it is. It's so weird. It's like every team is the same this year. Just not very good, not very bad, just stuck in quicksand. Whatever. Hey, bear down, right? All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in tonight. A fun one. The bye week is over. We recap the entirety of the league for the most part tonight. And I think the picture painted is that the Bills, it's the Bills and every, it's the Bills, Chiefs, and everybody else. And for that reason, the sky's the limit this year. And it starts, you know, it starts over every week. Oh, and we're one and oh each week, right? That's what all the coaches say. Let's get to 1-0 this week. Green Bay, Sunday Night Football, and I can't wait for it, as I, as I know you can't either. And Monday night, 24 hours removed from that game, I'll be right back here with you on the smoke break to recap it. So I look forward to seeing you then. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of Zappy Fever on Monday Night Football. And as always...
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.